How precious is your Bible to you? A woman in Vietnam was willing to risk her life to own a Bible. Patrick Klein tells the story about an illegal church meeting in Vietnam. The communist authorities raided the meeting and began to confiscate all the Bibles. They came to the pastor's wife and they went to take her Bible out of her hands. But she loved the Word of God and she was not giving it up. So they're trying to pull it out of her hands. Here's this little tribal woman fighting with the police. Now, in a communist country, you don't fight with the police. But she treasured the Word of God and she was not going to give it up. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We are in the studio this week in Bartlesville, Oklahoma with Patrick Klein. Patrick Klein is the founder and the president of a ministry called Vision Beyond Borders. He's also the author of a book called By Faith Alone. What you need to know about Patrick is he's a Bible smuggler. So he is a uh, admitted criminal. He uh, <laughs> he takes contraband across borders and into places where they don't want Bibles. Patrick, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thanks, Todd. I appreciate it. Patrick is a longtime partner with the Voice of the Martyrs, uh, actually for many years. Some of the Bibles that he carries across those borders are Bibles that Voice of the Martyrs provides. Right. right. So some of our listeners have gone on to vomradio.net. They've contributed to the Bibles to Captive Nations Fund. We've bought some of those mm-hmm. Bibles that you've carried across the border. Patrick and I have traveled together. I've had the great privilege. In fact, I was thinking this morning, Patrick took me to Noah's Ark National Park <laughs> in Turkey. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I remember. So uh, if, at least according to the, the Turkish government, we were at the spot where Noah's Ark is. So that was very cool. Patrick, as we start out, I, I want to talk about Bible smuggling. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people today who say, yeah, that was great in the 60s, you know, when the Iron Curtain was up. But, we, you know, we're past that now. We don't really need that. Talk to them about why you're still packing suitcases full of Bibles and flying to places like China and Vietnam and Iraq to take God's Word to people. Well, Todd, there's still governments around the world that are hostile to the gospel, and Jesus gave us a great commission. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of the nations. So we have to carry Bibles in. Even though these governments are resistant to the gospel and they're opposed, we have to obey God rather than men. And it's so important that we get Bibles in because they don't have access to the Word of God like we do in America. They can't go to a Walmart and find a a Bible there, a Christian bookstore, or go online and buy one. They can't. They don't have access to them. And so the only way they can get them is when teams carry them into the country. And so it's so important that we get Bibles to these, these new believers. And your teams from Vision Beyond Borders are doing that. In fact, uh, I know when people call Voice of the Martyrs and say, well, Voice of the Martyrs, I want to go on a missions trip. Can you help me? We say, actually, we don't do missions <laughs> trips. Patrick Klein, though, at Vision Beyond Borders does do mission trips. Go to his website, visionbeyondborders.org. There's an application process right there on the website. So I know we have sent some people your right. way. I know some of our volunteers, some of our staff have traveled with you. 
let's talk specifically about China, because I know one of the things we've seen over the course of the last 18 months to two years mm. is things are significantly worse for the church in China than they were, you know, like I say, two, five, ten years ago. Right. What do you see with your teams that are, are crossing in and out of China with Bibles? What are you seeing? Well, Todd, there's more and more opposition to the gospel. We've had probably 18 couriers have been stopped since January 1, 2017. Wow. 18 couriers have been stopped, and actually their visas canceled. They've been kicked out of China. And some of these people, it's the first time they've ever been to China, and they got stopped at the border with Bibles and kicked out of China. You know, that is not freedom of religion. Right. You know, and so we're seeing more opposition. We we can also sense it in the air and with the believers. They're more and more cautious now, and they sense another wave of persecution is, is upon them. Now, do you sense that they're being more cautious at the border? I mean, are they searching your bags more thoroughly? Are yes. they X-raying yes. everything? So, so they've stepped up the efforts to stop the Word of God from coming in. Okay. And we just had a group that was stopped, and they were told that the Bible is forbidden in China. And so that was policemen telling them right. that. So if the policemen are saying the Bible's forbidden, you know it's, it's becoming more and more widespread. When you send a team to a place like China, and you've mentioned 18 different people on your teams have been stopped at the border, mm -hmm. people have been turned back, people have been detained, people have had their visas canceled. Mm -hmm. I go to visionbeyondborders.org and I sign up to go on a trip. Now, what I think in my mind is I'm going on a mission trip Everything's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of fun. We'll see God do some cool stuff. What I don't think is I might get detained and spend a day in a Chinese police station. How do you get people ready, American, comfortable Christians like Todd <laughs> Nettleton, how do you get them ready to go into a Chinese police station and not be overwhelmed by that and not be defeated by that and even to see God working in that situation? Well, you know, a lot of it is we encourage people to read books from Voice of the Martyrs, read Richard Wormbrand's story, Torture for Christ, and to realize that this is part of being a Christian around the world. I mean, we don't experience it so much in America, but around the world, Christians suffer for their faith. And so when we have teams go into uh, Asia, we are praying for the persecuted church, and we're encouraging people, you know what, you may be stopped at the border, and you have to pray and say, okay, Lord, how do I answer their questions? And how do I deal with this? And we just had a team last year that was arrested and, and taken to prison in Laos. And we had Americans actually in Lao prisons, which that doesn't happen. Wow, yeah. And they were in Lao prisons for two and a half days. Uh, one young man, was he said that the shortest sentence was two years, the longest was 10 years. And he thought, Lord, am I going to be here up to 10 years? for giving the gospel out in Laos. And so he said it was a really a time for him to draw close to the Lord. Thankfully, he was able to smuggle his New Testament into the prison with him, which he said <laughs> the Word of God never tastes sweeter. Wow. And so he said it really challenged his faith. And what happened is it gave him greater resolve to help the persecuted church. And I think that's so important for us as Christians in America because we think that it's everybody lives like we do in America. And they don't, you know, and it's so important for us to go and experience that. So we encourage people to be praying for the persecuted church before they even go and to be knowledgeable about what can happen in these countries. And, and that, it, you know, we want it to be a good trip. We want it to be a lot of fun. But 
there's also that element. When you're carrying Bibles, what you're doing is in opposition to communist and Muslim governments, and they don't want the Bible in there. So you have to say, okay, I'm going to count the cross. Am I willing to do this? We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Patrick Klein. He is the founder and the president of Vision Beyond Borders. You can find out more about them at visionbeyondborders.org. He's also the author of a book called By Faith Alone. You can also find that at visionbeyondborders.org. One of the things that I talk about as I share at our VOM conferences is actually a story from the last time we talked here on VOM Radio about hearing the voice of God. And you've shared stories of, of landing in a foreign airport with suitcases of Bibles and stepping off the plane into the customs building and saying, okay, Lord, which line should I get in? <laughs> and we don't typically live in that kind of, okay, Lord, if you don't step in here, things are not going to go well. <laughs> How did you develop that skill of learning to hear the voice of God and being able to step into an airport and say, okay, Lord, line one, line two, or line three, I need to know right now. Yeah. Just kind of share a little bit about that, because I think that's such a significant part of walking with God. If we can't hear from God, how can we walk with Him? Mm-hmm. How did you develop that, and how would you advise people to develop in their own life the ability to hear God's voice? Well, you know, Todd, when I got saved, I decided I would make, I'd get up at five o'clock in the morning. I'd spend at least an hour with the Lord every day in the Word and prayer. And so as I've developed that relationship, what I've learned is sometimes the Holy Spirit will prompt me to do things. And because I know the Lord, I know His voice, I've spent time with Him, i spent time in His Word, I know it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And so as I'm flying in the country, I don't want to be distracted by all the things, you know, the movies and TV and all that stuff. I want to be praying and saying, okay, Lord, because some places I can't read the Bible on my way in right. to a communist country. <laughs> so I'm just quietly praying under my breath and saying, Lord, please help me. Help me to get through the customs. Show me how to get through. And one thing I do now, too, is I, I pray, Lord, wake up people at home to be praying me through the border as well. So that's we can work together, partner together. And so uh, I'm praying, and then I'm saying, okay, Lord, show me the strategy how to get through. And so I'll kind of scan the situation and kind of look at it and say, okay, Lord, which line am I supposed to go through? And, and a lot of times he'll prompt me to go to a certain line or I'll see a distraction going on, or I'll see other people going through, a lot of people going through, and okay, okay, Lord, I feel like this is how I'm supposed to go. But it's it's training my ear to hear, and then the Holy Spirit will prompt me to do a certain thing. You know, maybe get behind a certain person and follow them, or go up to, like this last trip I was going in, and I had all these, these Bibles, and and the x-ray machine was open, and I said, Lord, that's not going to work because they're going to see the Bibles in the bags, <laughs> and there's this bright tape on them, you know, and I turned the tape so they couldn't see it and covered it all up, and I'm like, Lord, please open the way. And all of a sudden, this man opens up this separate lane for people just, you know, roller bags, just a small amount, and I walk up with this cart with all this Bibles on it, and he just looked at me, and I just looked at him, and he kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? And I just smiled at him and kept walking, just walked out the door. <laughs> And so I knew it was God because, you know, the x-ray machine was open and there was a line there. But then when that other line opened up, I just said, okay, I just felt like the Lord saying, this is the way I'm making it for you. And so it's really cool because then you get through and you're like, okay, Lord, that really was you speaking to me. And it's just fun. The verse that comes to mind is, my sheep will know my voice. (laughs) And the fact that you... You have invested the time Mm. to learn to hear that voice. Mm. Uh, And so that's one of the things I want to challenge our listeners today is just learn 
Hmm. Practice. Practice hearing God's voice. And I believe wholeheartedly that when we ask God to speak to us, he will do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, It may be something supernatural. It may be we open the Bible and there's a verse that just jumps off the page and slaps us, and (laughs) that's God. He's speaking. So we as Christians here in the United States, we need to learn to hear the voice of God Mm -hmm. the same way our brothers and sisters who are living day to day in danger and persecution, they hear it. Yes. We can hear it the same way. So share some stories. I know you were in Vietnam not very long ago and had the chance to deliver Bibles to Vietnamese Christians. Share some of the stories of of the people that you're meeting and what it means to them when you hand them a Bible and say, this is for you. You know, bringing Bibles in for years to them. Last year, I was going across the border, and God just—it was so cool because he distracted the guards. They had One was playing a game on their cell phone. The other one got a phone call. I'm like, Lord, please distract her. And all of a sudden, she gets a call, and she's talking away. And I walked right past him. I'm like, Lord, you just did this. And, and she's looking at me as I'm walking past like, I should stop you. I should stop you. And I just kept walking, you know, and I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And so I went to this Bible school— and there were 41 pastors there and brought this big load of Bibles to them. And the man that we work with said, you need to meet this pastor. And this pastor came up and he said, this man's house church was raided two weeks ago. And they took 22 Bibles from the congregation. Can you imagine you're at church and, peop- and the police come and they take the Bible right out of your hands? I mean, just incredible. I mean, things we don't even think about in the United States, we can't even imagine. But they came to the pastor's wife, and they went to take her Bible out of her hands. But Todd, she loved the Word of God, and she was not giving it up. So they're trying to pull it out of her hands. Here's this little tribal woman (laughs) fighting with the police. Now, in a communist country, you don't fight with the police. That's that's a straight way to jail. Right, or being shot or whatever. But she treasured the Word of God, and she was not going to give it up. And so she's fighting with them over it. She said her, sore, her arms were sore for a few days after that. <laughs> but it's just amazing. She was fighting for the Word of God. And I thought, what would we do in America if we were told to turn in our Bibles? But it was neat to be able to give them 22 Bibles to replace the ones that were just taken two weeks before. And then another pastor, can I have 18? Another pastor, can I have 14? And so it's such a joy to be able to give them the Bible. And we've had times where people just well up with tears and just start to cry because they're getting a Bible. And and I was just thinking the other day, when you remember the first Bible you got when you were a new believer? There's just something about the Word of God. It's like you get so excited because it's like, wow, this is a brand new Bible. And, you know, and it's just a thing. It's mine. Yeah, and it's it's precious. I can underline, I can mark, I can jot a note in it. It's mine. And, you know— you see some older people's Bibles and it's all falling apart and everything else. It got all this writing in it and everything else. Duct tape. Yeah, (laughs) it's cool. It's like, what a treasure. Right. You know, and I think the more we walk with the Lord, the more we spend time in his word and in prayer, the more we love the word of God. And and, and really, we feed on Jesus. We feed on the word. And, you know, we know that our uh, physical food is not enough, but we need that spiritual food. And so... When we give the Bible to believers around the world that have been praying and praying, they just start to cry, and they're just so grateful. And, you know, just helping a pastor in China get, get a whole van full of Bibles and just tears well up in his eyes. And a few days later, get an email and where they sent those Bibles all over China. I mean, it's just, it's like, wow, to think they have the same treasure that we have and, and what's the joy that's in their life now because they have a Bible for the first time. 
So what happened with the pastor's wife in Vietnam? I mean, I can, I can picture in my mind her playing tug-of-war with this Bible <laughs> with the policeman. What's the end of the story? She kept fighting with him, and eventually they let her keep her Bible. Wow. And, you know, even the men that were working with the contact, he said she is a hero of the faith. What amazing testimony that she loved the Word of God. I mean, her own personal safety, her freedom, in a sense, could have been lost, and yet she loved the Word of God that much. And I thought, Lord, that challenges me. And I wonder about those Vietnamese police officers thinking, man, that lady would not give up. She, finally, they gave up and just said, okay, fine, keep your Bible. It's not worth it. Yes. Patrick, do you ever think about when we get to heaven and the people that you've been able to put a Bible in their hands over the years, just gathering up with them at the throne of Christ and celebrating together? You know, I don't really think so much about that. I think of all the ones that need them yet. And it's like, Lord, I want to work harder so that I can help get more Bibles to more people. Because, Todd, what greater gift can we give somebody than the Word of God in their own language? What greater gift? There's, there's not a better gift. I mean, if I buy you lunch by tonight, you're going to be hungry, okay? If I buy a new set of clothes, eventually they're going to wear out, you know? But we give you the Word of God, and it's eternal, you know, and it's, I mean, how many times have, have you or I gone through hard times in our life and we can go to the Word of God and we can be comforted through the Word? And, you know, I was just thinking this morning, I was reading about David and the things he went through with Absalom. And I'm like, Lord, I learned so much through your Word from the experiences of others. And, and just your Word helps me and counsels me and is like the compass in my life. And, you know, in, in our society, I mean, it's just so confusing and it's, it's just everything's coming at us and everything else. And it's just so nice to spend time with the Lord and say, Lord, thank you that you never change, that your Word is eternal. You don't change your mind. You don't, you don't uh, things don't change. You know, society changes, but you never change. Amen. And... Like you say, if we plant ourselves in the Scripture, that's a firm foundation. Amen. We're, we're going to be fine. Whatever happens, whatever comes our way. Patrick, some of the folks who listen to Voice of the Martyrs Radio, they listen on the radio, they listen to the podcast, they're thinking, and, and God is starting to work on them to say, I want you— to be involved in ministry. Mm -hmm. I want you to go to the nations. Maybe mm -hmm. it's, you know, call Vision Beyond Borders and, and go on a Bible smuggling <laughs> trip. That would be a great first step. But somebody who's thinking, okay, I think the Lord is calling me to missions, calling me to ministry. Mm -hmm. You've been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. How would you advise them? Or And I'm thinking especially of young people. How would you advise them? Or what first steps would you tell them to take? as they start to sense that God is saying, okay, you, I want you to go. Well, like we said all along, I would encourage them to have time in the Word and prayer on a daily basis. I would encourage them to go to their local church and talk to their pastor and share what's on their heart, but also look for opportunities to serve. You start serving in the church, even coming to Voice of the Martyrs, helping pack up stuff to send overseas, to help people around the world, praying for the persecuted church. I think opening our eyes and, and seeing opportunities around us and going and serving. When you have a servant's heart and you're humble and teachable, God can open doors for you. It's when we have an attitude like, I'm better than everybody else, then the doors close. But if you have a humble servant heart, say, Pastor, what can I do? You need me to clean the bathrooms? I'll come clean the bathrooms. Whatever you need me to do, I'm willing to do it. And then step out in faith on ministry opportunities. 
Go on a missions trip. You know, go out and share the gospel on the streets. You know, minister to people. Start thinking outside of yourself and looking for opportunities to serve people in your neighborhood. Because a lot of times I find when, when you step out and you start seeing, like, like for me, when I started carrying Bibles, it was uh, 31 years ago, I just went on a missions trip. But for years, I've been serving the church. I worked in the street ministry and just found opportunities to serve. And then the next step was, okay, I'm going on a mission trip. And we, we smuggled Bibles into China, and I got caught. And my job was going to the bathroom and repack all the Bibles. And I'm afraid my passport's <laughs> going to fall down the hole. And the, the floor's dirty and everything else. I'm trying to balance these books off the, the bags of books off the floor. And it's 90 degrees outside, 80% humidity. So I'm dripping with sweat, and I'm as nervous as can be. And I'm like, Lord, I think this is what I'm created to do. <laughs> and so I think it's, it's so cool because when we're doing the natural, God steps in with the supernatural. And when we have a heart to serve, all of a sudden it's like we've, God directs us into that niche where all of a sudden this is what I'm called to do. And, and when you're walking in the will of God and you're doing what God calls you to do, there's such a fulfillment that you can never have in the world. It will never satisfy and yeah, there'll be obstacles and there'll be opposition, stuff like that. But, you know, Satan's, Satan's defeated anyway, but he's going to try to stop us. But just finding opportunities to serve and be humble and, and learn. Come with a humble heart and learn. Find opportunities to get you out of your comfort zone so that you can start ministering. And you watch how God just directs your steps and all of a sudden you're like, wow, this is what I'm created to do. So what happened in the bathroom in China? <laughs> did you get all the Bibles packed up again? Or? I did. I got them all packed up, and I was so afraid that my passport was going to fall down the hole, and thankfully didn't. But, you know, packing up those Bibles, and then when we got them to the believers, Todd, and saw how grateful they were for the Bibles, I was like, Lord, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Wow. Give them the eternal Word of God. That brings great joy. I used to want to hang glad when I was a kid. And now it's like, I get to smuggle Bibles. That's much better than hang gliding. <laughs> How many countries have you taken Bibles into now? I think it's been over 30 countries. Okay. Yeah. We stood on the border of Iran and <laughs> Turkey and prayed that God would open the door for you to go to Iran. And since then, God has opened right. that door. Right. He's twice. answered that prayer. What country are you standing on the border of now saying, Lord, I, I really want to go share your word here? Well, I'm actually praying about going to Venezuela to see if we can find out a way to get more Bibles into Venezuela. You know, it's in a very turmoil mm -hmm. place. But also, I, I've been to North Korea twice, but my heart just keeps being drawn back to North Korea and just saying, God, show us how we can help the Christians in North Korea, but also reach the people with the gospel. I think North Korea is probably the most difficult country in the world to to get the gospel in. But it, both times I was there, I met people who asked me. Uh, one, the last time I was there, this man said to me, he said, you're a Christian, aren't you? I said, yes. He said, I want to believe in Jesus. Will you help me? Wow. And the first time I was there, a man, the tour guide, sat me down. He said, tell me why you believe in God. Why do you believe in Jesus Christ? And was able to share with him. And so I know even in the midst of all the turmoil and everything else, God is doing his work. The Holy Spirit is working to draw people to Jesus. And so it's like, okay, Lord, if that's what you're doing, we know that you want to get your word in there. Show us. And I'm so thankful VOM has done balloons, scripture balloons, and ways to get the gospel. And I think it's so exciting. We need to be creative as Christians. Absolutely. And not be dogmatic and say there's only one way. 
But it's like, okay, Lord, what do we need to do? How do we get this in? Because the gospel is the most important thing. Patrick Klein is the founder of Vision Beyond Borders, the president there. Again, their website is visionbeyondborders.org. We will also link you there from vomradio.net, where you can come listen to this conversation again, as well as listen to all of our previous episodes of VOM Radio. You can also link to subscribe to our podcast. That website, again, vomradio.net. Patrick, thank you for being our guest today. Thanks, Todd. Always a pleasure. Next week here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio, we're going to hear from a man who spent his entire career having some amazing adventures flying in and out of the jungles of Ecuador. And he's done it not for the sake of adventure, but to help advance the gospel. We're going to hear from Gene Jordan of Mission Aviation Fellowship next week. I know you'll want to be with us right here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.